This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans, he's really good at cornhole. Well, if podcast episodes were the racing number of anthropomorphic Volkswagen Beetles made famous by Herbie in the old <laughs> Disney movie, you'd know that this had to be episode 53 of The Harmonious Gentleman. Hey, I'm Chris. I'm Tyler. And I'm Graham. And I'm going to go watch that on Disney Plus this weekend, I think. I kind of forgot about that movie. Isn't it? There was, I don't know. There are probably quite a few of those movies. I can remember a couple, but those were kind of really fun in the day. I wonder if they still hold hold up up. for your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I remember them being on like Sunday CBC movie nights or whatever on the weekends. Yeah. And that and like the parent trap and sound of music and kind of like four or five on repeat. Yeah. Maybe there was some uh, Swiss family Robinson in there. Mm -hmm. Did Herbie like, was he animated in any way? Like, did he blink or like have a mouth? I don't, I I don't think think so. Did his headlights kind of wink? Maybe, maybe that was like in the newer, the newer ones, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think animated. I just think maybe certain parts of the car moved. Uh, like yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. Like it, it could interact as like with a face or something. But. Yeah. And it kind of used its horn to talk. I don't know. I can't. I got to watch them again. <laughs> um, so we're recording kind of in a slightly different way than usual. There are some new uh, restrictions that we're trying to abide by. And we also have a, a guest via Zoom coming on in a little bit. So we're kind of uh, recording a little bit differently if it sounds a little bit different. But that doesn't matter. Like, we're so good that we can make this work no matter what. I think you're right. Oh, the yeah. distance isn't a problem, and you can overcome all audio challenges. Not sure about that. Speaking of, uh, well, not speaking of at all, but we had some uh, listener feedback. Tyler, I think we should maybe share. Yeah, some of this I shared on social media, but I know not everyone saw it there. And it, it's worth mentioning again, even if, if you did see it. We had um, listener Rachel... Um, contact us and sent a really nice message about being a new listener and sorry i just lost it on my phone here she says i just wanted to say that i've been listening to your podcast non-stop for the last three days now and i'm currently listening to episode 20 so i'm going to pause there for a second because three days currently on episode <laughs> 20 that's that's kind of insane impressive um yeah, she said a lot of really nice things, but one thing that stood out to me was uh, I had to pause it and send this message and say that I'm someone who supports different views on life, afterlife, has disagreed with many things you all have discussed. But I love this podcast because as Peter has so eloquently pointed out, it's our norm to surround ourselves with others of the same view and way of thinking, but it's important to educate and immerse ourselves with the knowledge and opinions of others who may be different from us, which I like hearing from someone who's list, like a new listener and that they pick that up. Like, cause that's kind of yeah. our goal, I think. That's right. And then there is one other thing I wanted to mention. We, we went back and forth uh, with messages, but uh, she sent another message recently. And I think just, she's full of quotable um, lines here, but this is a few days later and she's now episode 32. Whoa. So um, she's just really crushing this podcast, but storming through. Um, she listened to the one where we talked about like veganism and like animal rights. And she really enjoyed that. And she said, I think the only way we can make positive changes 
isn't by forcing people to think or feel a certain way. It's showing by action. Whether it's to improve your health, the health of the planet, or respect and kindness towards animals, it's just about educating yourself and maybe making small changes. I'm just happy that it was a topic of discussion between you gentlemen. I learned a lot about how others may feel. So thank you, and I continue to listen, learn, and laugh through each episode. That's awesome. She's going to be so disappointed when she catches up and she has nothing else to do. <laughs> you guys want to go like two a week or something? Sort of really pick it up? Just, well, uh, thanks. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, hey, the election's over now. So what do you guys think of the results? That wasn't that surprising, I'd say. Listeners, we're recording this before, uh, obviously, the election. So we have no idea. But Maybe it's shocking. I don't know. I doubt it. But yeah. Well, Tyler... Um, Maybe we'll do a quick break here before recommendations, but do you want to maybe just talk a bit about this episode today? Sure. This is uh, one that I'm really excited for because our guest is someone that I've recommended earlier on a pod- on one of our podcasts, I think probably the last episode even, and he's going to be our guest today, and I've been a fan, and I'm like giddy with excitement. I'm not going to officially introduce him quite yet, but that's maybe just a little teaser. Or you read the title and you know, but <laughs> right, yeah. we are all very excited. So we'll break, we'll recommend, and then we'll speak to uh, someone across the continent. Cool. This segment is proudly supported by Cilantro and Chive, serving up fresh, simple eats, serving up fresh, simple recommendations from the Harmonious Gentleman. Welcome back. Uh, the recommendation segment will begin with my recommendation, and then we'll proceed after that to you guys. So my <laughs> recommendation um, is a hike. I My family's in BC, and we drive through Canmore multiple times a year, not the last couple of years, but it's a very common city for us to drive through. We love Canmore. Who doesn't love Canmore, honestly? But every time we drive through, you see those gorgeous, epic mountains on either side of you, and you always think, I really want to stand on top of those. Hopefully one day I can. And I went on a hike last week that actually takes you to the very top edge of one of those mountains. You can sit and hang your feet off oh. uh, with a huge drop down right in front of you. It's amazing. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Ha, ha Ling Peak, H-A-L-I-N-G, Ha Ling Peak Trailhead in Canmore. Um, it takes about 50 minutes because you drive part of the way up as well first on a, on a road. That's a decent road. And then it's about a seven-kilometer round trip, so we did it fairly slowly, took our time. It was about four hours, but oh my goodness, I don't think I've ever seen a better view than really? on this one. You you come over the crest of this gigantic mountain, and then you see Canmore sort of just unveil itself in front of you, and you've got this cliff. Um, it's exactly what you would want if you saw those mountains mm-hmm. and you were doing a hike. So, How difficult is the like hike in terms of elevation and that kind of thing? It's, it's definitely up the whole time i wouldn't say it's a super difficult hike uh the end though is a bit is a scramble like there's no trail at the end the last sort of five ten minutes you just got to kind of climb up the rock to get to the peak um and it rained on us at that point so it was a little bit slippery and a little bit you know cold but i would say not the hardest hike i've ever been on but definitely somewhat of a challenge we saw parents up there with kids strapped on their back so i mean you know i had running i had running shoes on so i don't think you need to be too uh, equipped but if you have some time, three or four hours for a hike, oh my goodness, amazing. I like some of the hikes around there because you find everybody from guys totally decked out in like thousands of dollars worth of gear to like 
a girl in one flip flop carrying her Barbie (laughs) by the hair. And they're all on the same trail. I think that's so funny. It's true. And it was a very, I mean, I I think one of the busiest trails I've I've ever been on before. Like people, it was a beautiful day and and not that that mattered. It was just a busy trail. Well, and the leaves are changing and all that. So people, yeah. Okay. Howling Peak. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend a show that's sort of based on a podcast. It's called Only Murders in the Building. And it's uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez live in a building together and they discover that somebody's been murdered and they're all fans of true crime podcasts. So they decide to start their own podcast to solve the murder in their building. And uh, I think maybe five episodes have been released so far on Disney Plus. And it is just, it's hilarious and really worth the watch. Yeah, that looks great. I watched the trailer the other day and it looked hilarious. Um, Chris, real quick, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Chevy Chase? <laughs> no Chevy Chase. <laughs> I wish. Selena yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. It almost, it's two-thirds of a Three Amigos reunion. Yeah. That show looks really good. Well, I'm going to recommend coffee. Um, not just coffee in general, although I like coffee in general. I especially like uh, coffee from Birdie. Um, they're a local roaster in red deer alberta and yeah they make great coffee their their coffee like where you can buy it and get a cup and sit and enjoy it is on gasoline alley or in gasoline alley at the farmer's market which is also something we've recommended so it's kind of like a two for one you can go there enjoy the farmer's market get a great cup of coffee um one of my favorites there if you like light roast um get one of their ethiopian uh light roasts i Love it. And their marketing is just top notch. Yeah. Uh, if I'll, we'll post some of it on online too. Like it's, they're called birdie. Um, but just the font they picked, the birds they have in their images. It's awesome. And each is each coffee named after a bird in like of their roasts. Um, some of them are, but like the first coffee I had was, Ooh, partridge in a pear tree, I think is what it was called. And it had, so it had like a partridge on it. But now yeah. I think most of what I've seen it, it's it's called like Ethiopia or Brazil, and it's oh, okay. kind of obviously related to where they're getting the beans from. Which I was I was talking to Ryan a couple weeks ago, and he was talking about just how they get their beans, and I know he's really uh, careful and ethical in how he how he does that too. So if you want to support a, a, an ethical and and good local coffee roaster, check out Birdie. And also try to catch Ryan when he's roasting because he has this sweet leather apron with their logo on it that mm. makes them look pretty pretty sweet. Do they sell those? Because I, I want one now. <laughs> Maybe they do. I think there's only one at the moment. But. We need a really cool like merch idea for our podcast, like a unique you know, piece of merch that no one else has. You know? Like switchblades or something. Harmonious Gentleman Nail Clippers. <laughs> Nobody does have that. No. All right. Those are great recommendations. Like all three of them, top notch. One of our best, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And there's some good variety there. All right. So now it's time for the main event uh, of our podcast. And I think, Tyler, again, I'm going to throw it to you because you made this happen. Um, yeah. And you are yeah. the man. So maybe just quickly talk about who this is and uh, why this is so awesome. Tyler, are you kind of nervous right now? I am nervous. I'm sweaty and I am <laughs> shaky. My heart is pounding. Um, cause we're going to be talking to a rapper that I really enjoy. I'll give a, 
hopefully a decent introduction when he's actually here with us. But his name's Homeboy Sandman, and he makes great music. I think he'll, uh, well, we'll find out more from him, but the reason we reached out to him was not just because I like his music, but he isn't afraid to have conversations or, or write songs about things that can be a little controversial, but he does so in a very harmonious way. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation with him and hope you guys are too. Yeah. Well then let's stop waiting. I soak in sun, breathe out sky. Boy scenes in the building. Now I much prefer to be outside. I have an inquiry in mind for the rookies and veterans, ladies and gentlemen. Whatever guy you know, 6'5", not at all menacing, as well versed in indigenous medicine. Been a while, learned a couple things about life in general. Been around, used to never wear jeans, jeans fit better now. Raving and ranting, I'm like Fred Hampton, chewing on rattlesnake planting. In other words, I go hard. So I'm extremely excited to introduce our guest today. I've been a big fan for a long time and recommended his music in a previous episode. You can ask anyone, his raps speak truth. He's not Canadian. He's from America the Beautiful. He's not afraid of tough topics, but he's got no beef. (laughs) And when you pat him on the head, you better say duck because he likes to go hard. Welcome to the Harmonious Gentleman podcast, Homeboy Sandman. Yo, what up? Nice intro. Very clever. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right we're we're excited to have you here for sure um i'm happy to be here thanks 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 for thanks for plugging the jams in a previous episode too yeah you bet um what do we call you like homeboy sandman you is call me angel you angel is cool you know some people call me sand uh homeboy any variety okay. of those will work what about uh chris before you got on he called you uh sand boy yeah. sand boy I don't know. That don't really <laughs> resonate. <laughs> no. Yeah. Boy Sand. People call me Boy Sand a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Boy Sand. Um, um, so when I'm we were Miami. emailing you. It... Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We rock in Miami tonight. We just had this show at it. But I mean, by the time this comes out, it won't be. Uh, That's it right. Won't, it'll be too late. So. So never mind. Cool. Have you ever been to Canada? I have been to Canada. I've rocked Toronto a couple of times. Um, I rocked Ottawa. I rocked Edmonton. I rocked Calgary. When I was in Edmonton, it was negative 24 degrees, cold as (laughs) I've been in my whole life. Yo, I seen a girl with a skirt on, big, and it was negative 24 degrees, big. I was thinking, this is outrageous. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, but, you know, I guess it's not crazy because, you know, that's what they was used to. But I guess it's just crazy, you know, what could be normalized. You know, but I talk about that a lot. You know, you can make, you know, things, one person's normal is another person's crazy. Yeah, that's cool. Angel, we're in Red Deer, right in between Edmonton and Calgary. So both of those cities, when you said that, that kind of got me excited that, ooh, maybe he'd come back this way. I was out there. Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to. Oh, and I've been to Vancouver too. I really like Vancouver. Okay. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I was out there with Ace. When I was opening for Ace, I was in, I was in, I was in, um, Calgary and Edmonton. Um, so yeah, man, I'd love to come back. Sweet. How are the concerts right now? Like, uh, with other restrictions wherever you go and do shows and stuff? How is that there's going? No, there's no restrictions where I go whatsoever. There are no restrictions. Tonight in Miami, there's no restrictions. Um, we was in, uh, we was in Jacksonville the other night. No restrictions. It was beautiful. We was in Atlanta before that, New York before that. And, um, and it's been, it's everybody been having a blast, yo. 
Are you are you more comfortable uh, playing live or in the studio? Like, are you just like, were you so happy to get back out there? Yeah, man, I love being out there. You know, I love the studio too. I love recorded music, but I love you know that there, there, there's nothing that um I you know I definitely have appreciation for you know for finished recorded work. You know what I mean? But but uh, yeah. there's nothing like live. I mean, live is a special energy. You know, when I got back on, I got back on stage for the first time in a while. Uh, I think it was in July. And it was just like this crazy jolt, you know what I'm saying? Um, it felt like being back mm-hmm. home, you know. I love it on stage. Did you find like the energy just to get back doing that live? Did that take a lot, or you know, were you did you have to build up the stamina again, or was nah, that just nah. kind of an easy transition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when I be up on stage, I feel good, you know what I mean? Like uh, that's one of the places I'm supposed to be, so I just hopped up there, you know. I had plenty of time to memorize. Yeah. Um, we, we thought maybe we would start by finding out, like, when did you start rapping and how did you get from there to where you're at today? I know that could be a huge story, but, um, one thing that we've done on our podcast when we have guests is kind of just do a little segment of like, what's your story? So I I think you're the first rapper we've had. Oh yeah. All right. What up? What up? I'm happy to be a pioneer in that regard, but, um, (laughs) You know, I always loved rapping. You know, I always loved hip hop. You know, from from when I was a young person. But uh, you know, so I used to write rhymes even as a kid. You know, just for fun. But um, I used to smoke mad weed, and I always thought that I was just good at rapping because I was high. You know, and, and I always used to think that I wish I could <laughs> actually do this. You know, what I'm saying, which it wasn't just something I did when I got high. So in 2006, um, I stopped smoking, and I realized a few months later, you know, after learning how to do everything again sober i realized that i could actually still rhyme too so 2006 is when i started rhyming um you know for real and uh and yeah and then i just you know uh uh, uh i love rhyming you know so i guess that got me where i am now you know i'm, I'm god is great you know provide me with opportunities to you know uh, uh spread the word you know do shows align me with different people that want to help me get the word out you know what i mean um press up my records and put them out so uh yeah that's how we got here when you were young a young man what were your uh who were the rappers you looked up to influences maybe like a few of the top ones man when i my, the first the first cat that really jazzy jeff and the first prince in 1988 he's dj i'm the rapper that was the first tape that i really knew back and f- back to front because <laughs> at that time you know people older than me were big in the boogie down productions big daddy kane ll cool j and all them cats that was all super fly but i was only eight years old so I couldn't really, a lot of that subject matter was a little more, you know, adult theme than I was, you know, than I was, than was resonating with me. But Jazz Jeff and the Fresh Prince, there was a lot of comedy and there was young stuff parents just don't understand, rapping about movies that I had watched. So that was kind of my conduit into getting into the other, you know, Slick Rick and, and all these other people. Um, mm-hmm. And then later on, I got into the roots really heavy. I got in a Black Dog and I got in a Red Band, I got in a Big Pun, I got in Eminem and all these cats. Yeah. Um so those are some of my some of my influences early on. Cool. And you came up in uh, New York. I came up in New York. Yeah, I came up in Queens. You know, listening to the Large Professor, listening to the Beat Nuts. You know what I mean? Um, and all you know, all types of hip hop. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was a real it was a real hip hop rich environment. I saw recently that you did a freestyle. I think at like a clothing store. Yeah, top shelf. I, I, yeah. Yeah, top shelf. Um, and that was, it kind of blew my mind. I mean, I've seen 
other like freestyle videos and I've always really appreciated that. But in that, in your freestyles or like when you do something like that, how do you do that? <laughs> well, well I, first, you know, when I was coming up now, I've been rapping now, you know, I started 2006, so it's 15 years. When I was first coming up, a freestyle was, <laughs> that, that thing is actually off the top freestyle. And it was called, oh. and when you said off the top freestyle, when I began, I mean, the thing that recently came out is called off the top freestyle, but it's yeah. when I first came out off the top freestyle menu was making it up right there was improvisational. You know what I'm saying? Um, the one that just came out is all a written rhyme that I memorized and I went over there and I spit the rhyme because now they call anything a freestyle as long as it's not on the album. You know what I mean? But, uh, so right. I do want to, you know, I am definitely legally obligated to make sure that you know that that was a written <laughs> rhyme. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. um, but, um, you know, and, 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 you know, for a while I even tried to fight it. I remember there was a couple rappers that were still going off top and we're like, yo, we're not going to let nobody call it a freestyle if it's not a freestyle and we was very anti you know the mm-hmm. i don't even want to call the evolution of the we were very you know the the i guess the shifting of the the definition you know what i mean but then it kind of became like bringing a knife to a gunfight you know what i'm saying angel um i got a couple of young kids so when i hear you talk about growing up and, and getting into rap i, ha- I kind of want to ask you like do you know how old you were when you were you realized you liked you know rhyming words just just this that's that kind of music like was there an age were you pretty young yeah 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 i mean you know like i said before you know in 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 new york at the time and in queens at the time there was a whole lot of musical diversity you know what i mean like there was a lot of spanish music everywhere salsa merengue and there was a lot of house music a lot of freestyle music and it was jet like there was all there was a lot of different music you know but but you know in 80 in 88 with that jazz jeff and the fresh prince tape you know, it was also um, at that time, you know, previous to that, I was going to school um, in my neighborhood. And 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 I've always, you know, uh, thankfully done well at school. You know, my father was very like, you got to do your homework right away before you go play before anything. And that really changed my life. So it was in the third grade um, when I first did something that kind of that, that became kind of uh, uh, it was something that became a. Uh, um, a pattern in my life, which was having to leave where I'm from to go someplace else to get a better education. You know, I did that for mm-hmm. high school. I did that for college, you know, like, so, so I started taking the, uh, I took the 58 bus, started taking the city bus to another neighborhood in Queens called Maspeth. And the neighborhood I came from was very diverse neighborhood. There's a lot of diversity in there. So we had all types of people of all different colors and everything. So race wasn't even really a thing. But then when I went to, um, when I went to this other school, it was a very homogeneous environment where I was pretty much the only brown kid. You know what I'm saying? Me and this other cat named Courtney. So me and Courtney, we was listening to rap and it be, it meant more for us because it was like, yo, this we in the midst of culture that's not ours. You know what I mean? And like, so the music started to mean more to us at the time, eight years old, just because we saw that we would, we, we, we regarded ourselves as different and we were looked at as different from all the other kids there where it wasn't that way in our, in our regular neighborhoods. Um, so I guess eight at eight. So, so I think that helped lead to me making the choice of choosing hip hop as my passion out of all these different musics, because I was put in an environment where I was looking for ways to identify what was mine, you know? 
Angel, we're all teachers. Um, and I'm just thinking, we're, we're, we're kids in your class where your teachers noticing that you had a way with words, even at that age, like just in the way you were writing or, um, maybe performing in front of them. I think I've always, um, I've always had an aptitude. Yeah. You know, I did, I did LL Cool J gets no rougher, you know, but, but as a, you know, in, in the ninth grade, oh, not in the ninth grade when I was nine years old, um, at the talent show, but uh, but that was a summer day camp. But um, I've always, I've always, yeah, like you know, like I said, I, I left one hundred two to go to one fifty three, you know, because I was identified as a, as a as a kid that has some promising aptitude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you know, I, I, you know, I was an English major in college, and in high school, I won the English award. Like I've always enjoyed writing, creative writing. You know, um, mm-hmm. I think that is something that that you know, teachers was able to identify early, but I used to be a teacher. I was a high school teacher. I taught high school okay. for two years. What grades do y'all teach? Really? Yeah. I teach high school English and social studies. That's fly. Yeah. Oh, that's real fly. And I do this, the math science, but I also do band as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. What would that, what would that? Yeah. I'm in an administrative position. So I used to teach some high school social, but not anymore. But that's great. Y'all are great. I appreciate y'all, man. Yeah. How'd you find that job? Um, I was a New York city teaching fellow. When I graduated from um, from college, yeah. you know, I took a year not doing anything productive. And then I was like, what am I going to do? My boy Matt had done teaching fellows. He was like, yo, this is the look. It was really just because it was an ill look. But I, but I was even working with kids before that. And I was like, oh, I like rocking with the kids and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I, I was a New York City teaching fellow, which is a program that, you know, gets you in the classroom before you get your masses. I've actually used um, probably two or three of your songs and videos in my english lessons oh yeah so yeah word up yeah, that's kids like it that's yeah. an honor i got trauma from my mama she used to beat me down as if she was the brown bomber i couldn't figure out a way to make her feel calmer i think about it now it kind of make me feel somber i used to think about it didn't make me feel nothing acting like it mattered didn't make me feel tougher feeling tough is really like my number one focus from growing up in the city lots of people feel hopeless and listening to music about sex and violence just a matter of time for hey when did uh your your name uh like homeboy sandman come to be man i really i feel like that was in was i in college i always used to come up with all these different types of names aliases monikers homeboy sandman is actually one of the last things that remains from my from my era of constant herbal stimulation. Cause I remember one day I came up with that when I was mad high and I was like, Oh, that's the one, like, that's it. I don't got to come up with no more names. I'm mm-hmm. homeboy salmon. And it just stayed there. And I never stopped feeling like homeboy salmon, even though sometimes, you know, now it's been my name for a long time. I learn more about it and what it means every day. Like lately I've been in a mad dream analysis, reading mad dream analysis books and everything. You know, read mass psychoanalysis books, talking about dreams and, mm-hmm. you know, reading even about, um, you know, Native American culture and everything and the importance of dreams. And, you know, that I'm, I'm learning that the Sandman component, you know, mm-hmm. comes a lot from there, you know, even before I knew, you know what I mean? Like a lot of times mm-hmm. I, I find out the meaning of what I wrote after I, after I write it, you know? I read somewhere that you write basically nonstop, like you're always writing or you love writing just quantity like you have so many um rhymes like is yeah, that true are you yeah, always I writing i mean i'm i'm gen- you know i mean i'm generally most days i write the thing about it is like you know yesterday i finished um i wrote a couple of verses and finished this jam today i'm trying to think of what the hook is probably i might go for a run after this but but um <laughs> 
and think of the hook. But um, I'll try to. Like, when I'm rhyming, like, on a day-to-day basis, I got, you know, I make any number of decisions, you know what I mean? Some are personal decisions, some are, you know, uh, music, de- you know, some, there's all types of decisions I make. And when I rhyme, that's like my litmus test for if I'm doing the right thing in my life, you know what I mean? If I'm making the right choices. So I, when, I, when I say when I rhyme, so I'm always looking to rhyme and, you know, the, 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 the potency of the rhyme to me is an indicator of whether or not I'm in tune or not. You know what I mean? So, hmm. so for me, it's fruitful to constantly be doing that so I could constantly, I mean, it's really, it's really beneficial to me to have a, you know, it's like a compass through my life. You know what I mean? Like, let me kick a rhyme right now and see if I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. How long, Angel, would it take for something that you're working on? Like today, you this morning, you write a couple verses and you're working through it. You're thinking about it as you run till that's in a show. Like, is what what would the timeline be? It might not always be the same, but... <laughs> it dep- yeah, it, it's not always the same because um, it really depends. You know, sometimes it depends on when it's released. You know what I mean? Like the beat I'm... I'm writing the, the joint I broke yesterday is to a beat from M. Slago. He's actually going to put out an M. Slago tape with a bunch of homeboy Sandman rhymes on it at some point. So this might be on that or it might not even make it. It might not even make the cut because that's almost pretty much, I know he's already been mixing that. Um, so I don't even know. <laughs> but but other times, like last week or the week before last, I wrote this joint called, I think it's called, I mean, it's just a dollar sign. The title of it is just a dollar sign. And I loved it so much. I just uploaded it to YouTube the next day. I hit my homegirl Jocelyn was like, yo. And and I put that out the next day. And I went to try to memorize it yesterday to start trying to memorize it. So memorization takes me some time. You know, I mentioned that earlier. Like, you know, but that, 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 uh, that joint from off the top, I'm actually about to spit that in, 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 in Cincinnati next week for the first time. And that's just something I recently, you know, knocked out before doing that, uh, you know, before doing that top shelf thing. So, so some things, you know, some things could be in there, you know, a couple of weeks later, you know, if, if, if there's an opportunity to, and they really move me like that, other things, you know, I got, I got, I have songs that I've written years ago that I do definitely plan to release, you know, when the right opportunity arises to release them. And once they're released, Mm -hmm. I know I'll be performing them, but you know, they, they've been already around for years without getting performed. Angel, you you know clearly pretty prolific uh, writer. Like you've you've written for a long time, a lot of things. But I think the three of us are involved in creative stuff too. And one thing I think about a lot is like creative blocks or times where I I can't be create. I want to be creative, but I can't. Like, do you ever go through those times where you just it's not coming and you need to move, you know, do something else for a bit? Or are you just pretty much consistently writing stuff down? Well, on the on the yeah yeah on the um, I definitely within the process of creating come to uh, I don't know what's next and I work on it. Sometimes I can work on a romp throughout an entire day, just thinking what's going to come next. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it's not like, you know, sometimes the next line comes right away. Other times the next line don't come for a day or two, you know, and other times the next line don't come for a week. You know what I mean? Um, if the next line don't come for a week, you know, like I said, that generally to me is, is an indicator that, um, that there's something on my mind. That's something that I should deal with beyond, you know, uh, uh, beyond rhyming, it generally is an indicator of that, or if I start to feel, it really is a feeling. If I start to feel some type of ickiness, you know, or, or instinctual sludge, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but that could lead to that. But so, yeah, I know, you know, and, and the times when I've had in my life 
you know, the biggest, uh, you know, writer's block or, or difficulty, you know, getting the ball rolling. Those have been times when I was, you know, dealing with a lot of stress or, or dealing with, you know, an issue that, that, I, that, I, that I knew I had to figure out. Angel, we've talked about creativity before, kind of everybody has their different processes. But to you, do you feel like you kind of receive that? Are you like, you know, I've got to work from eight till 10 to kind of just put pen to paper and make this happen? Or how does that kind of work for you? Yeah, I don't have I don't have a um, yeah, I don't have a schedule like that. You know, um, I mean, I'm 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 grateful that, uh, you know, I'm grateful for the for the for the lifestyle that, you know, God has allowed me to cultivate where I'm pretty much always just in my creative zone. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, I'm just trying to, you know, I don't, I don't have any set schedule or whatever. Like I could be in a car or be in a hotel or, you know, out on a jog or something like that. Um, and, and, and as far as like, do I feel like, I definitely feel like, a, 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 a you know, I got a rhyme on don't feed the monster. My brain is a receiver, not a generator. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I'm an artist, I'm not an entertainer. My brain is a receiver, not a generator. Cause I definitely mm-hmm. feel, you know, I mean, I, I bring up God a lot. I feel that these are like, you know, these are transmissions, you know what I mean? Like I, I work on, I mean, creativity, I believe comes from outside me and I could tap into it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't believe I'm starting it. I believe I'm able to tap into it. That's really consistent with, we've had another musician on recently and that, yeah, that resonates with some of the stuff he was saying. You mentioned that like your, if it, the rhymes aren't coming, that's an indicator of where you're at, maybe mentally or spiritually or, or something outside of the music does that music still get released? Like, are there songs out there yeah. that are on Spotify that are like, could you give an example? Like, is, is there one that, um, that's out there that you could look at that and be like, that's when I wasn't in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my album dusty, you know, my whole album, I was in a, I was that whole album. I was in a, in a, in a place I didn't want to be. There were little glimmers. I remember when I wrote name off that album, it was like a two day, respite from all the stuff you know what i mean and i felt it and i just took two days and shut everything down but my soul wasn't happy during the time i wrote dusty and you could hear it even on helitu the new record half of it i wrote when my soul was in the right direction the other half i wrote when i was more icky and more gross and you could hear it in the rhymes you know what i mean you could hear it like but when i say that like even even when i was writing dusty the whole record you know like there's songs on there and that when I'm writing, like when I'm writing for the new joint, I got a song called Cow's Milk. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wrote Cow's Milk when I was in a place, I was in a selfish place. I was in a, I wasn't like I am now. You know what I mean? I was in a, in a place that I'm happy that I'm not at, you know? But I was still able to access those bars. You know what I mean? I think of that as part of, because there'll be times when I'm so locked up that I can't even find the bars you know, although I can't find potent bars like the Cosmo bars are potent bars. I was in a I was in a place where I'm happy that I'm I'm not there anymore. But there was still potency that was still important for me to go through that, learn about that, go through that process as part of my goal for my development. That was part of my journey. You know what I mean? So I still even think and I, I always think I'm on the right track because I'm just doing the best I can. You know what I'm saying? But as far as all their rhymes out there, don't I'm 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 a very. I'm kind of like an open book type of MC, you know what I mean? Or, or, or artist, you know what I mean? This is my day-to-day rhymes. I'm analyzing my world and myself on a day-to-day basis. And, and this is what is, you know, getting shared with people. You know what I mean? So there, there, there is a lot of, 
ups and downs. And, you know, there's a song called Activity on Hallways. That was the first time I just made a song about, yo, I know sometimes I say I don't believe in race. And other times I say I'm Puerto Rican and black. And I know sometimes I say I don't eat meat. And other times I say I eat meat. And, I, you know, it's all just activity. I'm just I'm just trying to figure it out, you know. And that was the first song where I made a whole song about that. But, but, but you know, that song is kind of like a microcosm for, like, my whole life of, like, you know, trial and error. So would you perform a song that you kind of have that baggage tied to maybe when you're in a different space? Like, how would that work? I need to, I need to feel, I need to feel the energy. Like I'm not, this, this tour that I've been doing, I'm not doing any dusty joints. I'm not even doing one. I I did name in New York and I like name, you know, that's, and there's a couple songs I like always. There's like four songs off that, that I'll, that I could anticipate doing at some point, you know, um, but the the majority of that record, I don't see myself doing anymore because I don't even want to be with that energy. You know, I don't see myself ever performing cow's milk. I don't see myself because 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 it's one thing. It's one thing to present it as this is where I was at and this is the art I was created. But live is a different type of transmission, like we were saying earlier. Yeah. And I don't want to put I don't want to be, you know, emanating the energy that's associated with those joints. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Be waiting on my girl. I tell my girl we're leaving at seven. She be like word, but that is absurd. Sometimes I wind up waiting outside. She has no concept of time. I love her and will never ever break up. But why it take a hundred million years to do a makeup? Don't get me wrong, I like it when she dolls up, but trying 20 different outfits on makes me say what the one uh reason that I really enjoy your music, and actually kind of why I thought to invite you to be on this podcast is because you um, have songs about topics that can divide people or like people are divided on. You even mentioned um, like not eating meat. Like you have a song called No Beef, which is just, it's like a vegan anthem, right? Mm. Like all the reasons why you don't don't eat meat. Um, Is that like true to to you or do you kind of take on different positions for different songs, if that makes sense? Um, well, I, I mean, I guess, well, I do take different positions, different songs because I be in different positions, you know. But I, so like, uh, I mean, it is representative of me because I don't eat beef, you know. Um, as I go through trying out different things, trying out different dietary things and finding their, their, their benefits for me, I'll share that in the joint. You know what I mean? So no beef. I don't need no beef. This is why, you know what I mean? I had a song called Fat Belly that was on hallways when I was vegan another time before I made, before I wrote Cow's Milk in between those. And Cow's Milk, I was like, I drink Cow's Milk, milk from cows. I know I'm not like a baby kind anyway. I drink Cow's Milk anyway. <laughs> That's how I was feeling, you know what I'm saying? So, so it isn't, but it isn't like I'm, it isn't like I'm consciously being like, let me do some type of point, point counterpoint going on. Yeah. But it just uh, organically, you know, I'll be going through different phases and stages. You know, the same, you know, I bring up Dusty. I got a joint on there called P-U-S-S-Y. And, and I was feeling very lustful at the time. And that was my energy. It was a big lust energy. You know, that's, that's where I was at at the time. You know what I mean? I got other joints that are like, yo, you know, women, women are the... I mean, in, in that song, you know, I, I think sex is beautiful. I think women are beautiful. You know, I think intimacy is beautiful. But... There's so much more to women than that. And the thing was, you know, I've been brainwashed my whole life to see women as sexualized objects. And I was 
I was playing into that heavily on the Dusty record. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I have albums that are the complete opposite. Like, yo, Women of Magic and, and, and you know, all the dimensions of humanity, you know, which include women. You know what I'm saying? Which, are, which is complete dichotomy with, with a joint like P-U-S-S-Y. You know what I mean? Complete opposite. But, but you know, that's just where I was at one time and just where I was at another time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Do you ever find people want to, like, use you as their poster boy for those kind of topics like that's where you were at one time so pete is phoning you to be there no beef <laughs> yeah well w w when it comes to the dietary stuff you know definitely like um when i when i because like i said I, I did fat belly in i think i was 2013 you know and um and cats were like all oh, the you know a lot of vegan cats was like we love this and then when i because you know like I, I got another joint oh this is not out but i said i went from vegan to only breathe I went from vegan to only breathing in air. Now I'm almost down to medium rare, you know, because I started eating meat again. And then, um, but that joint hadn't dropped, but that's going to drop. Darko the Super going to put that out, but that's on his tape. But um, but my point is, and people got to me like, oh man, you know, you us down, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm not a fan anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and the thing about it is, you know, I don't, I mean, I understand what they're going for. Like if I listen to a rapper and, and he's, not the best rapper in the world, but he's like, you know, I think music about killing niggas is terrible and I don't understand all the crazy brainwash. I'll be like, yo, this cat is, maybe I don't like his music, but I like where, he, where you know, where, where he's coming from. So, you know, I'm a rock with him. And then if he switch up on that, I'll be like, well, he got nothing to offer me now. Cause I was rocking with him, you know, for, for, for his positions. Yeah. But so, so I guess, you know, for folks that were rocking with me for my positions, I mean, I guess I could understand that if my positions changed, they feel like not rocking any longer. But I do think, yeah. particularly the music I make and, and the, the type of music I try to make, I feel like there's, um, I feel like the, the, the core of my people that listen to me is because of how I get down. And, and you know, like, so they, 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 they like, yo, this cat used to rap about, you know, eating plants getting down now he rapping about eating meat getting down now he back rapping but he's still getting down so i think that that getting <laughs> down is 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 the constant that i got to maintain for the majority of my fan base you know what i mean we've got a we've got a canadian federal election coming up here next week you probably don't know because it's not big uh -huh. news down there but yeah. um the song america the beautiful uh that um it's one of your you know top listens on spotify and stuff but that one, was that uh, as a result of the political climate or was that something you could have written at any, at any time, uh, that's a song like that? Um, I'm not, a, I'm, I don't know anything. I'm not a political, I don't, I'm not an apologist taking a negative, you know, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible. When I was a teacher, you know, I, I start to realize like, you know, I, I, taught, I, taught, I, taught, I taught public school, I taught special ed district 75, you know, the kids... It was size seven, like it was, it was, um, deserved, you know what I mean? It was an underserved population, you know? Mm -hmm. And even, and I was like, yo, and I would tell them straight up, I said, yo, even us in here, we could make use of the stuff they give us, you know? We can make use of these, we can make use of these resources. Like, we don't need to be in here talking about how terrible and how victimized we are, you know what I mean? We could co make use of this, you know? And, and the thing about it is, you know, I think I got a song called Illuminati. That, that, that a lot of people knew me for. People got mad at me when I did America the Beautiful. They were like, oh, you know, we thought that you didn't like. Even in America the Beautiful, I say, 
it's a work in progress and it may always be. You know what I'm saying? I think it's kind of bizarre, actually, you know, since we're getting on this topic, how mm -hmm. I can't say America for some people. I mean, I know that for me and, I, you know, I, I think it's bizarre that I wrote a song like Illuminati, like, yo, look out for mad chicey stuff going on. And then I wrote a song called, hey, this is great. A bunch of great stuff. And cats are like, yo, those songs don't match. Like as if they can't <laughs> exist at the same time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, right. I, it seemed to me like that, like, I don't know, unusual. I don't even know how to, how to, how to classify. I mean, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like some type of unusual extremeness. That's like, I don't know, becoming more prevalent. You know what I mean? Like black or white, no gray, mm -hmm. like the, you know, it's, it's kind of bizarre. I don't know. It seemed like it's picking up steam, but, yeah. but yeah, for, for me, um, there's, there's all types of, yeah. You know, America, the beautiful, uh, it wasn't really based off no, no political climate or nothing, yeah. but it was just based off, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta rhyme and what you want from me. Don't get mad when I answer, do a vote or not. I don't mess with none of that, you know, yeah. I don't mess with none of these cats, you know. I think people get frustrated when they can't pinpoint like what team you're on. Right. And that's, I think that's what you're talking about. Like it's, and I, and that's, but that's what I like about it. Right. Like that's refreshing because so much of what we, what we see, like, I, I mean, you may not know what's going on in Canada, but we know what's going on in the United States. Mm -hmm. And so like we can see that division and we can see that picking a side and we see that happening here too. So it's so refreshing to hear songs like America, the beautiful and, uh, oh, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you being open to the to 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 the complexity, man. I ain't, I ain't on no side. I'm on I'm on my side. I'm on your side too. I'm on everybody's side. The world's better with less sides, I think. World up, yeah. I um I played waiting on my girl for um, my wife because that <laughs> I, I love that song too much, but um, she didn't appreciate it as much as I did because she, <laughs> she knew what I was trying to do. I think. <laughs> Dang, yo. It's funny, yo. I put out a song from that same record called Trauma, right? And I was opening up about some some stuff. And and I had like um more so than any other song I'd ever put out, I had people reaching out to me being like, yo, what you said really resonates with me and it's important that you said it. And it was like a a, a bump in like people reaching out and saying, Yo, I relate to that song. It was like more people ever hit me out and said i relate to that song than any other song i ever did and then a month later i put out waiting on my girl and the amount of people that hit me up saying i relate to that song blew away the amount of people <laughs> hit me up saying they related to trauma right. so my most relatable song by far is waiting on my girl oh, that's funny <laughs> hey one thing we we've talked about lots is social media and how do people usually connect with you about your music because you're not i don't think you're on twitter I'm not on, yeah, I'm not on um, any of them, actually. There is a Homeboy Sandman Facebook, but I don't run that. Um, the label I'm with right now runs that. I actually tried to kill that, but it wouldn't die. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was dead. I thought it was dead, and then come to find out it wasn't even dead, I guess because it, lives on it, was, it was connected to the label email. Yeah, it was connected to the label email yeah. somehow. So, but, but, um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, I was one... I didn't get on social media until 2016. So I put out the majority of my records before that. You know, I wasn't, 
I felt like, yo, this isn't my thing. But then I got on it and it wasn't without use or whatever. I didn't feel like it was without, uh, like I felt it was a useful promotional tool and a useful um, tool for spreading videos and songs and stuff like that. I mean, for just my own cost benefit analysis, like tonight I'm doing a show in Miami. This show got booked yesterday. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I'm texting people on my phone and sending out an email blast. Yo, I'm doing, you know, like, that's how I communicate now. And it, and it's not the same as if I was on, you know, uh, uh, social, anti-social media, I call it, and, and went on there and, and put the thing up. Like, you know, it would be accessible in a different way, and I recognize that. But for me, the cost-benefit analysis was just like, how distracting is this to me? How much stuff is getting into my how many how much thoughts are getting into my mind that i don't want to be there you know what i mean like what am i taking in that i don't want to be taking into my mental garden you know what i'm saying like how much time am i wasting you know what i mean oh is this good for my creativity is this good for my energy so when i did the cost benefit analysis i'm like yo it's better for me to not interact with that and and you know and have to throw a Miami show and be thinking, how the heck am I going to let anybody know about this? And think outside the box. Because the truth is, this is the one thing, though, that, you know, the word is getting out. You know, it's working. It's, you know, like, it's not, people have me, you know, people, how you get off, so, you know, you get off the things and nobody's going to know about your shows. That hasn't happened. I didn't expect for that to happen. You know what I mean? People spread the word and, you know, uh, uh, I was, you know, I started rapping in 2006 I hit people up, oh, you know, like I hit up rappers that I know, you know, I'm rocking in Columbus. I hit up RJD too. I'm like, yo, could you share the flyer? Or somebody, not, not RJ, somebody else got back to me. Like, I'm not, I, I'm not going to share it because I'm not into, uh, 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 you know, social media. And I'm like, yo, you, you, you have, I'm not on that at all. I just meant share the thing. We were sharing things. There's all types of ways to share the joint. Like we were sharing joints for 10 years before social media came out. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know how to promote shows, you know what I mean? Um, so, so, so there's all different types of ways to get the word out. And I think it's kind of, it's been, it's been, I know that the, the Instagram, Twitter could be useful towards that end. I definitely recognize that. But I think it's kind of an okie doke, like, yo, as an artist, you need to have this or else nobody's ever going to hear you. Yeah. One segment we, we do on our, kind of every episode of our podcast is recommendations. Um, we recorded ours before you were on with us, but do you have any like recommendations for us or for our listeners? And that can be, I mean, one thing that pops into my head is just like a recommendation for our listeners. Like what's one song of yours that they should listen to? What's one, one artist who's not yourself that they should check out or even just, uh, yeah. Well, artists that are want. not myself, artists that are not myself, I could name many. You know what I mean? Right. Like, um, if I, you know, I'm I'm traveling with Wavy Bagels and Gam right now. Gam and Wavy Bagels. Check out my boy Wavy Bagels. Check out my boy Gam. You know, uh, check out some of my favorite rappers are Open Mike Eagle, Aesop Rock is one of the greatest rappers of all time. Lupe Fiasco is phenomenal. You want? If I had to pick one song that everybody should listen to, it would be Mural by Lupe Fiasco. If I if 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 okay. I ran nice. curriculum nationwide. <laughs> Mural will be taught in every classroom. Okay. Uh, uh, the fact that mural is not taught in every classroom, you know, speaks to just the misunderstanding of the beauty of, of, you know, like it speaks to something being wrong. Y'all will listen to mural and you'll be like, Oh yeah, something is wrong. 
we hadn't listened to Mural before. You know okay. what I mean? <laughs> nice. Um, but a, a jam, a jam of mine. I don't know. It's 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 harder for me. Oh, that 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 joint that I just put out, that dollar sign joint. I've been trying to write to that. I've been wanting to write that joint about that topic, and also write to that to that beat that last of the Mohicans beat since I saw that movie as a kid. So the fact that I was finally able to access the mojo, if people want to listen, and that's not even a you know. I mean, I think of it as an official release. It's official enough for me. It's on my YouTube, and it's just called Dollar Sign. You know, okay. um, you can peep it out. Did you say the beats from a movie that you watched when you were younger? The beats from Last of the Mohicans with, uh, oh. with, uh, yeah, with um, this dude, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's the part, I don't know if y'all, have y'all seen it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, if anybody listening is, you know, spoiler alert, <laughs> but, but. At the end, you know, when because they got the, the there's the Native American brother who was wreaking all types of havoc, you know, the, the antagonist, you know, what I'm saying. And then he battles dude's son and takes him out. And then the father comes in like it's during that, like that big climactic scene. And then homegirl, homegirl jumps off the rock like the music that's playing during that. It's amazing music. Oh. Um, and I found out that Michael Mann did that, which I didn't even know that Michael Mann had done that. You know, I know Michael Mann from Heat. Mm-hmm. which is the jam like movies out of the jam but but it but it made sense to me because sometimes he'd be, he be getting down with the soundtrack and the music right there i was like yo i'm i'm gonna I'm I'm rock that one day but it got to be something finally it was oh right on being in uh edmonton and like those edmonton calgary are the big cities near us like all these names i'm so pumped to hear that you and ace have been here because that gives me hope that maybe you'd be back someday <laughs> I hope so, man. I could see it, but. I'm, I'm right now. I'm going. I'm down to go any place. That uh, I mean, right now I'm pretty much relegated to driving, but uh, I could drive up to Canada, no sweat. Well, we um, I think we could probably maybe wrap up here pretty quick, and you can go on your run. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. it was a real treat for us to have you talk to us, Angel. Like we really, really, really appreciate you talking to three guys from Canada uh, <laughs> early in the morning. It's my pleasure to talk with y'all, man. I um I like the I like the uh you know, I like the concept of the show, you know what I mean? I really appreciate the three of y'all is that in education. I believe that's God's work. So big shouts to y'all and the whole thing is my pleasure. Thanks. Tyler, your 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 uh, any closing thoughts there, bud? Um Yeah, I don't know. We've we've kinda of already said it and but I think for me it was uh just a pleasure. Like I'm like a genuine fan and you uh lived up to kind of what I was expecting of you, like just with your honesty and, um, my, in my intro, I said, you speak truth. I, yeah, I, I you kind of lived up to that. So oh, thanks man, so much for no coming kidding. on. Yeah. No doubt, man. I appreciate you brothers. I'm moving out, but, uh, God is great later. All right. See ya. All right. Okay. The streets don't pave with gold. At least they paved though. Weaker than the euro, stronger than the peso But you get what you pay for, so be grateful Think you the only file in the caseload This is a crazed, unsafe globe, case closed Complaining oh so much What else do people even think they owe so much? We are the so that was amazing I can't believe we got to talk to a real rapper <laughs> Who I've listened to a lot um, Yeah. Yeah, what do you guys think? You, uh, it was awesome. Think that went? I think it was great. I think it was, he didn't have to do that. And I just really appreciate him taking time to talk to three guys from Canada for an mm-hmm. hour. Um, says a lot about him as a, just as a person and someone who likes to share ideas. So props to him for that. 
I was intimidated going in, but he was just so intelligent and easy to talk to and gracious. Um, yeah, I could have, could have made it two hours. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Krista asked, um, she texted right after we had interviewed him and, and asked how it went. And I, I was still like riding the, the high of like getting off that, that zoom call with them. And I said, it was like just way better than I thought it could have been. Like I, we reached out to him because we think he fits in with kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he responded. He said, I like the concept and blah, blah, blah. Sure. Let's do it. But then, yeah, I, you guys all just heard it. So we don't need to recap it, but yeah. like he, he's definitely in my mind, like harmonious mm-hmm. and uh, kind of refreshing to hear his perspective on yeah, his view on the world and even just uh, the kinds of things that he talks about and the way he does it. Yeah. And if you like, I'm going to use some of his songs for the jingles this episode. And I think so. Um, if you like that, you should check it out, his stuff. And maybe Ty can put some, uh, you know, song recommendations in the in the bio or something for the episode. Yeah. On the for a long time, for long time listener, Jeremy, this would be equivalent for him getting Jewel on the Every Square Centimeter podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, he'd be fanboying. Oh, you wait. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, you guys, we should just... Um, now that we're sort of happy with that and we're rolling along, we should just roll right into our confessions and wrap up here pretty quick. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Who wants to go Feels first? Feels good to confess. I think uh, Mr. Kuman should go first on this one. Okay. Well, this isn't like a maybe less confession, more quaint story. When I was younger, um, I had a lot of stuffed animals and I had maybe a little bit of OCD as well. And I would spend an inordinate amount of time arranging them on my bed before I could fall asleep. Just kind of placed in a certain order, tucked in. I don't know why I had so many stuffed animals at the time, but I'm guessing I was like eight years old. And before I could fall asleep, they all had to be arranged just so, or I couldn't fall asleep. And now nothing in my life is that orderly. So I'm not sure where that came from, but maybe I grew out of it. <laughs> I like that. Well, yeah, Homeboy Sandman was uh, writing amazing raps when he was eight and you're just <laughs> arranging stuff. Yeah. Animals, so. And maybe I was 10. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I think I think my confession. I, I had something else in mind, but maybe I'll I'll switch mine to a, a similar theme to yours, Chris. I actually may have shared this in an early episode. It's been fifty, so I, I lose track sometimes. If mm-hmm. I've said this before, it's a deep cut. I'm going to say it again. But when I was around that age, I remember I was really into reading, and I remember reading the novelization of the Ninja Turtles: Secret of the Ooze, <laughs> uh, like the. No- that's awesome that there's a right. novelization of it. <laughs> totally. It was better than the movie in my mind. Anyway, oh. um, uh, I remember one day I was thinking uh, about, um, I had this brilliant idea. I'm like, why don't I copy the book and like sell copies of it? Like I could, I could oh, yeah. sell <laughs> my own copies. And I, and I, I got a bunch of paper together. I cut it up. I stapled the, this, you know, I got it ready to go and I started. I, I don't know how far I got on the first page before I realized. Um, I remember, it got, you know, it got messier and messier and, and you couldn't even read it. And then I got bored I, and I drew the cover. So anyway, I, that was my confession. That I, that my get rich quick scheme. Um, That's nice. That's probably equivalent to, you know, on a smaller scale, but to most get rich quick schemes. Yeah, like, exactly. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. And Not going to pay off. It takes about five minutes and you hit a point where you just think you feel kind of like, oh, I'm so, do- what am I doing? I'm so, what have I done? But you're already in. You got to keep going. So you're I don't know in. how many pages I got. But, but I, if you could have just found two people to find two people to buy that book, you would have <laughs> been That's rich. true. That's true. 
So to the author of the of that book, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm trying to tie mine into what you said. And the only thing I can, the only way to do that is when you kind of the moment when you acknowledge that you've made like a horrible mistake, I can, I had that moment in, in the story I'm about to tell. This is probably the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to me or that I've ever done. Um, It's rap related. So this is a a good time for me to tell this story. Um, It was, Oh, when I had first gotten married to, um, to Kristen, like I was kind of new to the family, but her brother was getting married. So it was at like, uh, his wedding. I didn't know too many people new to the family. Um, trying to make a good impression, that kind of thing at the reception, the MCs who I had no idea who they were. Somehow they knew that I had made some like rap music videos for school, like, um, educational songs with students and stuff. So they, they asked me to come to the microphone. This is at the like beginning of the dance part of the, the reception. And they, they pressured me to freestyle. Like, did you have prior and knowledge this I, was going to happen? No, I had no idea. And like, I kind of resisted. Like, people were cheering and like trying to encourage me to go up there. Like, little, you know, like... My skin is crawling the right now. <laughs> I'm just feeling... And I'm trying like to... I'm like, I don't know anybody there. Um, yeah, like my oh, in-laws. Man. It's all my in-laws. And then other strangers so i got up to the microphone and like i kind of like i i don't really remember exactly what happened Um, (laughs) but i think it i think it started i know i think i did kind of black out and it could have been when i came out of that state it was just like a very slow clap like from a couple people um i i do think it was probably something like um my name is Tyler Captain. I'm going to do some rapping. I'm at a wedding for Laura and Sean. <laughs> so rhyming wasn't like part of it. And, that's, that, and then that was about as far as I got. And it was just, like I said, I kind of blacked out. So um, I'm only laughing because yeah. that's such a like possible thing that could happen to people that you can't really do anything about. And then it was just like oh, the walk man. of shame, like, like, back from the the podium <laughs> back to my seat and how like, have you not said the this <laughs> confession before now i was waiting I, until I we had you, like a rap related oh, man. I, I, as you tell that i picture you like with your eyes closed as you rap <laughs> like <laughs> you know what i mean and then when you finish they just slowly open again you know <laughs> and you're just taking the microphone from them you're like thank you mc hammer yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, like that's a, so painful. Yeah. Did Krista like? Was she just cringing the whole time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> or was she like, "Good job, hon"? I don't know. We were pretty early in our marriage, so I think she tried to be supportive, but I think she was just mostly embarrassed. She was more like, "What have I done?" <laughs> yeah, she's the one who had that moment. I've made a horrible mistake. Tyler, thank you for sharing that. That really makes my day. That was that's so good. And kudos to you for trying it. You know what? Yeah. You, you miss ninety percent of the shot. What, what's the saying? <laughs> you miss all the shots you don't take. Ninety percent of the shots. Well, just Michael's like Angel done. said earlier, like freestyle. Like you got to have something kind of written and memorized. <laughs> if you don't, it's like yeah. it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight. I, I learned that the hard way. Yeah, you brought a snowball to a. <laughs> Oh, I don't know, man. Ty. I wonder if you could like take us out tonight, just on some freestyling now. Oh. I 
I'm, it's too bad we're on Zoom. I just want to reach out and give you a hug right now and just tell you I'm sorry and that we love you and that it's going to be okay. Oh, man. <laughs> but it makes for a really good story. That's fantastic. And uh, I just what a good episode no you shared. Yeah. Uh, Chris, we have wonderful mm-hmm. listeners, but they might yeah, forget do. how to get in touch with us sometimes. Yeah, lots of ways. At Harmonious Gents is really the best thing to find us on, um, on Insta and Twitter. And you can always email us harmonious gentleman at gmail.com we love getting fan feedback can we call it fan feedback sure listener feedback yeah you guys might not be fans but you're listeners so <laughs> yeah yeah you're one or uh, one or the other yeah. we read it we share it with each other and we share it on the show usually too so and check out the website tyler made for us it's great it's really good harmonious gentleman.com it's fantastic that's really where you should go for everything because it's all linked right you- there if you have the opportunity to leave a review somewhere, um, I think that's mostly on Apple Podcasts. Like that's that's huge. So, yeah, if you um, would do that, we'd be very great. I heard another podcaster was going to plant ten trees for every review that somebody left. So maybe we'll mm-hmm. commit to having one harmonious conversation for every review people leave, like nice. with each other, no, <laughs> with other people, okay. or each other. I don't know. Maybe we won't. I should have run that by you guys. So email us, please. And uh, and just have a great week, you know? Just enjoy yourself. And and try to try a freestyle. Like, just, <laughs> some, just try it. See how hard it is. I'm going to go freestyle to my stuffed animals after we get off the call. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go then. Let's, let's all go try. See ya. See you guys. See ya. Gentlemen